welcome to the EDM podcast. My name is Aiden Russell, aka Artsy, and I am your host. And if you're new to the show here, if you're not familiar with what we do, this is a show, a podcast where we interview artists, producers, and anyone in the industry who uh, is in electronic music, basically. Now, today we have Umek on, and he is a Slovenian DJ and producer from Ljubljana. And if you're not familiar with him, he is a veteran in the scene, essentially. He has been around for nearly three decades in the techno genre. He is known for regularly topping the Beatport chart. So if you've ever scrolled there and you've seen his name pop up, that's who it is. He's also known for running the 1605 label where he releases other techno music from artists around the world. He also co-founded Vibrate, which is a music analytics tool for artists, managers, producers, label owners, so that you can gauge your analytics on platforms like Spotify, Beatport, Facebook, Instagram, really cool stuff. We go into depth in that in the interview, but apart from that, we also cover things like his career. We dive deep into things like how actually selling out and changing from tech to tech house was a horrendous move for his career and ended up him losing a lot of fans. We also talk about how hardware synths aren't actually necessary to create good music and you can actually get away with just using soft synths these days and make incredible top-notch music. At the time of recording, he had just released his Cryptic Speech EP, which is a nice driving dark peak time techno EP. As of now, he's also released a new Thrill Seekers remix of their song Synesthesia. That's out now on Armada. I'll leave both of those in the show notes for you guys to check out. We also do go into a bit about how he made Cryptic Speech in that he personally doesn't overthink his music process and doesn't necessarily always have a reason for writing. He just makes good quality music that he thinks he'll be able to use in his sets. Now, before we dive in, if you're looking to up your production game, whether you struggle with the basics or something more specific like sound design, songwriting, Mixing. We have a wide variety of courses on our website. So just head to edmprod.com slash courses and you'll find a course that suits exactly your needs no matter what stage of production you are at. We've had 9,000 producers enroll over the years and one thing we pride ourselves on is that our courses are action-based. You're not just learning a bunch of concepts like in a tutorial. We actually have exercises and songs that you're making throughout the process. So that's edmprod.com slash courses. But without further ado, here's the EDM podcast with Umek. And we are on. Today I am joined by Urosh, also known as Umek. How you going, man? I'm good. How are you? Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing very well. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, it's great to have you on. Uh, now, we have a variety of different hosts, oh, not hosts, well, we have had hosts, but a variety of different guests on the podcast before, and it's pretty uh, broad, I guess, the spectrum of, I guess, electronic music, but uh, you're obviously uh, quite prolific in the techno genre. Um, so for those of you who don't know specifically about techno or, or maybe haven't dived into your background, do you, do you just want to give us a little brief background on what things have been like for the last i think it's 28 years have you been around for now yeah yeah uh yeah i'm from slovenia dj and producer yeah. i kind of uh, started obviously with other producers and djs from slovenia the, the actually the scene 
um, I brought it to the next level. Um, I released on a lot of labels, uh, mostly uh, in a techno genre. Um, it was really hard in the beginning to literally get electronic music in Slovenia. Imagine mm. we were ex-Yugoslavia, communist country. Um, yeah. and, and actually bands who were making kind of provocative and innovative music were not welcome in the country. So right. uh, in, 90, in 93, two years after we went independent, I decided uh, to become a DJ, even though I was playing music uh, as a DJ even before, but professionally from 93. I was playing for two years, so a little bit more like mixed genre, of uh, all different stuff um, from techno to hard trance, trance, uh, some of Detroit, uh, some house, uh, mostly more recognizable rec- records, big records for the crowd, which is not uh, yeah. really, um, how to say, experts by the, by the time. And then in 95, I heard the first record of Surgeon from Birmingham, and this is when mm. I was like, wow, this is what I, well, this is, this is what I like. And um I made a complete change, lost all the fans that I gathered in two years. Um, yeah. Luckily, it was only in Slovenia and Croatia because they were like, what is this music? Like, why are you specialized only yeah. into this dark stuff? And I got lost all the support of the uh, friendly uh, friend DJs. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was kind of hard. But um, I guess um, I knew what I wanted to do. I guess I knew what, I, what kind of music I uh, wanted to produce. Awesome. And it went from there. But uh, my f- like the first electronic record that I really loved was by Royal House, um, okay. uh, which is Todd Terry project, his album Can You Party, and uh, the mega um, single he released. And when I heard mm. it on uh, MTV, I guess it was 88, 87, 88. Wow. I was yep. like, wow, what is that? And <laughs> I, I, I got this wow moment a uh, few times in my career. Yeah. And obviously that wow moment was a big um, influence of um, who I am today. Yeah, those wow moments are like definitely important. I think we all have them as producers um, when we hear the music we want to make and what and whatnot. Um, so obviously, yeah, it's been a been a big crazy ride for you um, over the over those years. And I suppose you know um, I won't dive into the specifics because there's plenty of other interviews out there that cover this. You've obviously had your kind of I guess maybe stint you want to call it with the more tech house sound, and then. In more recent years, you've kind of gone back to that darker, I mm-hmm. guess, would you describe it as original techno sound that you kind of were doing? I, I, don't, I don't think it's original techno sound because it's more melodic than ever. It's more yeah. influenced by uh, melodies than, than ever before. And obviously the sound is changing um, mm. um, all the time. Um, I, as you mentioned, I went into tech house and more houseier sounds in around 2013, I guess, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, and... and um, Actually, one of it was one of the biggest mistakes that I've done business-wise, and 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 again, I lost a lot of fans, and I lost the faith in my music from other producers. Um, imagine there were people like putting tattoos of like Umek and 1605 for the certain mm. sound, and they they trust you, they believe in you, they, and then you suddenly change the sound, and obviously people are mad, and and I understand what I've done, and um, and it's um. Yeah, it was a tough decision, but mainly, you know, you always go where your heart goes. And obviously at that yep. time, uh, which was actually the pivot time as well for the techno, I decided to go a different way. And I would do it again because I'm a curious person and I am, I am um, as, a pro- as a producer, you know, I'm, mm. I'm interested in different things. And people are a lot of, a lot of time asking and me like, how the hell did you have done that? And why is it like, man, just, 
it, it was a natural progress. You know, I was buying music on Beatport, and there was more and more tech house in my in my folder. You know, and, yeah. and then I realized there's ninety percent of tech house, and then ten ten percent of, of of techno. And yeah. I remember to this day, like a Birmingham, uh, not Birmingham. Um, uh, Berkheim in, in Berlin was the last techno gig that I've done. And then I called my agent and I said, yeah. listen, man, it's not fair to other techno producers, you know, that I'm stealing those gigs. You know, I, I don't sure. feel that music as I should. And I um, and then I said, please don't do uh, techno gigs anymore. And he was like, what? I said, yeah, man, it's only fair to do that. You know, and people don't realize how I made it, that decision. And then obviously I went to the tech house where I was successful and I did all these things. And then the same thing happened. Like it's exactly the same thing happened in my folder. You know, yeah. I got more and more techno stuff back, and then I realized, oh my god, you know, it's like <laughs> it's happening all over again. And then I went back to to the roots uh, with obviously a different sound, and the world was changed. Mm. Um, I saw a lot of people didn't want to be associated associated with me, so I um, I hit a bumpy road. Um, it was a hard time. So, um, mm. but again, you know, it's like. This is what I want to do. Maybe I changed my mind a lot in in eyes of other of other people, but hey, this is who yeah. I am. And uh, I said I'm gonna dedicate dedicated all my power to 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 bring my name on the map. You know, in as a producer, I for set sure. my goals uh, for next five years, and uh, I achieved all these goals in 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 five years. Um, but it took me, uh, yeah, it took maybe maybe a little bit earlier, but it took me a long, long time. Um, yeah. to put my name back on the map, as you said, in the techno world, obviously with a with a different with a different sound. Mm. I think that's definitely an underrated thing because I guess fans like you know they follow you for a certain sound, and then when you go and change that, obviously for for them it's like, oh, why are you doing this? But as a producer, you're like, I I totally agree. Like you have all these different sounds that you want to pursue and things you want to try, and and you mentioned curiosity, like. Is that kind of the main driving factor behind why you explored that? Was just pure curiosity as a producer. I'll I'll get back to the curiosity for a second, but I would like to mention this because people are saying yes, like the sell-off thing, you know. Yeah. That's this yeah. that that's this myth, you know. You like the sell-off. You went where where the money is. Let me tell you something. I mm. actually. Uh, by going into a different genre, I lost a lot of money. I, I yeah. really did, you know. It's like wow. if I would stay in the in techno for this uh, golden era of techno, like maybe like the golden era. Like obviously there were many waves of the golden te- of golden era for techno before, but like 2013 yeah. is like where where all the like all the new big names came in and the techno just became big, you know. So like sell off. Hi, I mean. Yeah, in your eyes, maybe, but believe me, for me, as I said before, and as a business decision, uh, it was the worst thing that I that I that I ever done in my life. You know, so if people yeah. are thinking that I earn money from from sweeting the genre, it's, it's it's not true. It's it's the curiosity. It's it, yeah. it is the curiosity. And now you're gonna laugh. What I do now, not not changing the curiosity. I don't listen to other stuff. It's like I learned my lesson. <laughs> I know now. I now, yeah, I did. I learned my lesson. I am yeah. a curious person. I love a lot of melodic house. Um, yeah. Not all of, all of it, obviously. There's a lot of other genres that, that are that are interested to me. But just to not be um, not be tempted, you know, to do something yeah. else. I just I just don't listen. I don't listen to, to to different stuff anymore. So now, even if I if I hear like a ma- an amazing melodic house record, I'm just not gonna li- listen to it because I know what kind of person I am, and I'm and I'm working hard to 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 focusing on 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 techno. But at the That's same time, yeah, it is, you know, and that my, my curiosity is never going to go away. You know, there were certain yeah. times that I, that I loved hip hop 
um, in, uh, in where like uh, all the Neptunes and Timbaland became popular, where, where uh, hip hop sounded really electronic, you know, it was yes. super interesting for me. And, and I was tempted to do other stuff um, as well, you know. So for now, when people are saying to me, are you listening to anything else? It's just like, no, I'm sticking to, to techno and electro, electro, which was always uh, yeah. a, a part of me with, with, with Zeta Reticula. I was going to say, I'll make sure not to uh, accidentally play any hip-hop or, or like, melodic house <laughs> in the background, <laughs> so to tempt you. Um, of course, yeah, having, having um, like, your side project as well, that can be a secondary creative outlet, but I guess there's only, only so many uh, side projects you can start without getting distracted from your, uh, you know, what you want to be doing with uh, Umek, so. Yeah, I can I can actually say a th- think about yeah. or two how I... How I like, I actually do stuff uh, when I do um, uh, like let's say tracks under my uh, it's a reticular alias. So basically, mm. um, I used to go back and forward and mix all these things stuff. And right now I have periods like when when I'm gonna when I'm gonna finish all my techno stuff for next mm. let's say few months, and I'm gonna focus on Zeta reticular because it's I need to go I need to go in a different mindset. You know, it's like um, yeah. A different sounds, a little bit more old school approach to what I've done. I'm using rhythm machines, which I don't use in, in techno, okay. and and everything changes. And as well, the mood mood is way more melodic, way more spacey, way more galactic. Is that if I can if I can say that? And yeah. that's a different thing. And then I would dive in in Zeta Reticula. I would finish, let's say, three to five EPs. And okay. then, gonna, then I would go back to, to, to techno. And obviously, there's going to be periods of time, like a transition time, where um, is, I'm going to need like three to five days to switch the styles. Because it's obviously, when you go to techno, you do more, um, the mixes are way more tougher, uh, let's say mm. more mid, mid, um, um, uh, mid frequencies orientated um, in terms of... Um, um, it's it's more tough and raw sound for the techno than to electro where I'm using 808s and everything's yep. so nice and, and rounded and obviously the mixes are different the uh, arrangements are different how I choose sounds and how I make sounds mm. is completely completely different so um, yeah I'm let, I'm doing like one month of let's say three months of techno and then I switch to electro I do one month of electro and then I go backwards and, and, and forward and backward with, with these kind of things Right. So that how long have you been doing that kind of back and forth? Is that something you've always done or is it a more recent kind of thing you've been trying out? That's more recent. Um yeah. years ago I was just switching between between the tracks, between styles, between this and that and and uh, right now it doesn't work for me because then I'm not satisfied with with one thing or another as mm. as I should. Um yeah, because it's yeah definitely a different approach, even different plugins that I'm using on one project than 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 the other, and um, obviously yeah right. the mindset is it's what it's all about. Yeah, totally. Um, do you definitely feel like some crossover sometimes? Like you might get an idea for an Umek track uh, when you're making the more electro stuff, or is it like very in your mind like separate things? You know what happens? Like if I have a if I have an Umek track which is um. Way, way too melodic. Then it, it might become uh, Zeta Reticola, and actually, right. it, it happened like two or three times. Wow! So th- these two things do kind of crossfade sometimes, mm. but obviously, then the melody would stay. I would change the sound, um, yeah, the arrangement and everything, and then obviously, it's a, it's a completely new track. 
but if it is if it is a little bit too too melodic, um, then it it becomes kind of zetoreticular. Obviously, yeah. we're changing the sound. <laughs> totally, yeah. But no, but def- no, but but not all the time. It happens one in twenty tracks or so. Sure. Okay. So it, most of the time, does end up being for that project that you end up intending to start for. Okay. Cool. That's interesting. I I, I guess yeah. When you do kind of have one of those rare ones that uh, ends up going to the other other project it would be a bit of a task because it's not it might be like something there but yeah you've got to do the engineering side of things differently i suppose and the sound I, selection quite differently yeah ex- exactly i mean i can i can i can tell you this like for example when i'm doing uh, stuff for 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 me for umek it's funny mm. to, to talk in a third person <laughs> um then uh, um, um i use like since like serum pigment like all these modern sharp sounding uh, synths uh, and then when I switched to Zeta Reticula, I was always I would always go to let's say to Arturia, um, the, mm. the the pack they have like all these amazing scenes uh, from Jupiter, Bukla. Um, yeah, the V collection. Yeah, yeah, the V yeah. collection is absolutely be- beautiful. You know, so I would Great. switch. I would switch to that. I would use uh, Repro, Diva, um, all these kind of old school sounding scenes because it's there are certain rules in electro that kind of you have to obey. And I call it like it's um, uh, it is an um, it is a futuristic music, but it is the future of the music. But the future, uh, how the future would would sound in eighties uh, uh, and nineties? Yeah, yeah, um, retro future. Might, <laughs> a retro future. So you, st- you yeah. still get this sci-fi feeling, you know, where we're making it and. Um, I'm, I'm actually like, for example, I'm buying much more vinyl on the you know, ah. from. Uh, um, with the electric stuff then then the techno you know it's there's so much good interesting melodic stuff and even some mm. stuff uh, hard banking stuff for the electro um but yeah it's it's a different approach different scenes different emotions different yeah. everything is different you know yeah totally yeah um well i guess you know that that's probably a good i had this question loaded up beforehand um time to ask uh you you've mentioned in like previous interviews that you've kind of switched predominantly <coughs> to software these days now that's pretty like i guess for most producers pretty normal but considering your background um has any of that hardware kind of worked its way back in over the last few years or is it predominantly software still <laughs> it's completely uh completely software these days completely just my mm. meme my macbook uh, my sound card, speakers, and uh, one um, uh, one uh, keyboard. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I owned, I guess now I fifty different synths. Um, I used to do everything by obviously by outboard, by mixing desk. Uh, there was no computer involved. I was doing stuff with MPC sixty as yeah. a sequencer. Uh, then we slowly went to the Logic and uh, sequences. Uh, we were sequencing with Logic all the synths. Uh, still recording the stuff, and then at one point I decided to go completely digital. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm in in that mood. Maybe, I mean, listen, maybe I'll I'll change the way I do music, but like for last two years I sold my um, Bukla easel. I sold my um, yep. I had three racks of uh, search modulars. I I mean I um, I owned like a lot of scenes back in the days. So up two thousand six hundred uh, SC one uh, ATC one from um studio electronics uh, moogs blah 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 you name it i got yeah. it you know um i decided to sell everything why um there's so many people there's producers which are kind of um 
hooked to this story that if you're going to have a hardware, then you're going to make hits. And it's like, mm. it can be further from the truth. truth. Um, basically, I want to show them that you can do big tracks just with, an, with a laptop. In yeah. matter of fact, you can do big tracks, big tracks just with a computer and, and headphones. Know your equipment. It might be it might be a room full of uh, hardware scenes, or it just might be your computer and uh, and uh, uh, and the speakers. And I am like I see these uh, pictures of big studios where like young producers are hooked to the to the thought that like wow, if I would have a, a profit, you know, I would make big hits. No, you won't. <laughs> you know, you can do exactly uh, not exactly, but ninety eight percent the same. Um, same sounds on uh, on the on the plugins of of, of VSTs. Yeah. Um, that's my opinion. And let me tell you another story. I would love to hire those guys who are doing PR for hardware machines for the the instruments that they are selling. Because oh my god, you know they like people <laughs> are saving thousands and thousands of dollars to buy oh, these man. synths, and they do the same shitty music they've done before with a computer. And like they they do magic. How they can sell the how they can sell the hardware. Uh, equipment yeah. now not to these the hardware equipment there's this thing um you have a relationship with the machine with your computer you you can have that 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 relationship i would call it because you 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 kind of you hook to the knobs and you are you are doing something with two hands at the same time which you obviously go with the mouse and or maybe with with your um with a keyboard and yeah. then you assign the midi thing and it works, but like it's it's um, it's a certain love, you know, to 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 these hardware machines. And when you're turning the knobs, this this magic happens, and it, it is it is it is cool. But in general, you just bought um, um, a lot of um, uh, electronic stuff uh, with uh, obviously electricity changing into the sound, and it obviously it has a certain certain sound, but like. I've did I've did I had luck to 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 compare the stuff like when you have a track with with 70 channels and I do 70 yeah. channels uh, by like with, with almost all my tracks that I that I do um and when you record a hardware machine and you would record a VST of that hardware machine and you would mix it with those 70 channels and all the processing that you do that that color is actually um it's missed now yeah. Again, um the proper hardware guys will say yeah but I will mix it with a mixing desk true but in order to to have a mixing desk, you need to a uh, proper mixing desk. You need to spend quite a lot of money on sure. a mixing desk that is actually going to color your sound better than and than than the, the digital one. Or even I know uh, the days like back back in the days when we when I was mixing with uh, Soundcraft, Spirit Live, and Mackie sixteen mm. channel. Man, those those mixing desks were actually destroying the sound. Now a lot right. of people will say a lot of people will say that yeah they they had a character yes they had they had a character to destroy your sound that's that <laughs> character and sure, I don't know yeah. if that's a good thing you know so now when people are asking me like would you have a, like a really cool mixing desk and you would try to mix it yeah for sure I would mm. get a different color but um, I have all these nice plugins at my disposal where I can achieve a similar uh, if not identical color to that and now. Uh, I know a lot of people will bomb me like you, you can never get the same sound um, with a with a digital um, uh, clone of it, and yeah, they might be right, but but the difference is is so small that uh, I am kind of not able to to hear that. And yeah. okay, in, in, like let me let me tell you this, like even like way back in the days, like we were comparing um, like uh, let's say three four reader machines. 
Then mm. other, let's say, the 909s, or like even better, like 808s. And you know what we discovered? They're all three 808s sounded differently. Yeah. So, a, so you see, like there's this there's this discussion we can have that obviously, um, I guess those machines are acting differently. You know, they have different material. They mm. they they are not different. They have probably the same material, but they are maybe a little bit older. So yeah. that will change the characteristic of the sound. Um, and and I don't know. That's 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 something that um, I'm not really sure about it. That that analog myth stuff is something that we used to, um, something that people love, um, something that you spent a lot of time playing with, um, and the yeah. results are not that much better, if mm. better at all. You know, that mm. that's kind of my my opinion. And me as an owner of uh, I don't know ten different compressors, EQs. <laughs> um, I don't know. I I, I literally had like uh, a small uh, Neve um, mixing desk, a small Neve uh, uh, EQ, Trident EQ. I, I I don't remember how many channels we we had and we we tried them and they they sounded good. Don't get me wrong, they yeah. sounded just just nice. But did they sound that much better than this? Did you can mix it in the box? I doubt. I really doubt. Yeah, totally. I think that's the thing is hard. Like that, I've realized is hardware is different but not better. It, that that's the only real difference and i think yeah you're right a lot of producers see the hardware and think that's what's going to make things better and it's it's really not there's so many things that can be improved before you even think about something like hardware and yeah listen listen yeah i think the hardware for most of the guys were actually um not improve their things it's gonna uh, it's gonna destroy their things why mm. first of all you need to plug in the hardware into like an EQ amplifier or something, and that changes your sound as well. Then they, they record it through all these machines, and I'm not really sure if most of the guys are who are doing that are actually capable to record that signal very well. So like we can now we can talk about is is it improving or is it actually destroying the the source of the of the signal? And in in cases I've seen, it's most of most of the time the guys who are doing that they have shitty sound. Right. In, in, I, I mean, I, I can say from for from my experiences, for ninety percent of the people who are actually using the hardware have the worse sound because there's like there's so many things you can they can go wrong in in, in between how to record it and then um then they 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 fuck it up. It's it, it it's mm. that easy. And then yeah. obviously you have guys with an with a knowledge that they've done their stuff for their all their life and and they 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 come up with an amazing amazing sound. Mm. But I'm sure. I'm sure these guys, which have this knowledge, they would came up with an amazing sound even with VSTs. If they yes. know their machines so better, so so good, you know, it's like it's just it's 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 easy for them to do something really cool in the box. So yeah. to 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 go back, I think it's the relationships that you have with the machines. It's the way you've done your music for all your life, and then you stick to a certain sound in you and a certain way how you make music, and you you become a master of that. And that's yeah. the, the the most important thing. Um, like going back, like uh, to Detroit, you know, those guys were able. Most of them were able to afford just the cheap synths, and yeah. and not not really expensive. And they've done um, they've done miraculous work with those cheap synths, totally. uh, just because they love them so much, and they were they they were stuck to that um, uh, to that machine, and they brought the the maxima out of it. So yeah. it's like um, you can do the same thing with Moog, or not the same thing, but you can you can make. Moog sounding beautiful if you, if you play with that instrument for a long time yeah. and then you know all the capabilities and or then you can make a shitty sound with VSTs because there's so many in disposal and you're not mm. gonna 
uh, you're not gonna pay attention first of all because it's cheaper for yeah. for for a lot of them it's free and yeah. if it is free you don't cherish it if you buy something oh, for three thousand yeah. dollar you 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 like you subconsciously you're gonna think it's it makes better sound than something you got for for two hundred dollars it's just the way it is yeah and that, i suppose like the paid vsts are probably that nice middle ground because you're not investing thousands but it still feels like you're committed to it so and and yeah right it's way more accessible um for people and yeah it's just one thing yeah, i did want yeah yeah you, you, you said it you're not committed because it's, it's cheaper so basically yeah. let, let, let's say like this if this if serum would have a price of thousand five hundred dollars yeah you know you know what 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 people would say that this is the best synth in the world because it's obviously capable of doing things that none none of the hardware is not not even yeah. close um and and but because it's like i don't know how is how much is it 200 dollars yeah it's like if, if you're gonna buy it and if you're not gonna use it it's something it's different than if you buy a synth for three thousand and then you're not gonna use it so basically i think oh, yeah. i think like big software synths or any other plugin it's they're way they 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 too cheap mm. uh, they, they they should be more expensive uh yeah. just because then people will will respect the sound that is coming out of them much much better and believe me guys they are c capable of doing miracles. Yeah, and and one thing that's underrated with like paid soft synths uh, is that <clears throat> when you pay for it, there's a company behind it that's going to support it in the future. Um, I used to be like a free plugin hoarder myself, and and, and I'm not sure if you would agree, but you realize if you go to op update your operating system or or there's a like a Ableton or whatever DAW you're using update, and then half of them don't work. And then if they're in all of your projects and then you're like, oh, like, shit, these aren't all going to work anymore. Like, um, yeah. So that's, it's that's yeah. It's always that it's always that period when you buy a new computer. Um, yeah. and, and obviously the system is too, it's, uh, it's too advanced for the plugins and half of the stuff doesn't, doesn't work. That, yeah. that is annoying. But yeah, like, because I'm using a computer for such a long time, I'm already calculating that. And I uh, always go with uh, like one uh, one previous system, so everything works. Yeah. Um. And and it is pain in the ass, but uh, <laughs> um, it's actually worth the wait, you know, a little bit. And and yeah. there's some so many things you can actually use, so it it balances out definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on to something you mentioned a bit earlier is um, you said you use Logic as your main DAW. Is that still true? Yes, but and now yes, and just because I'm too lazy to to switch to to Ableton, um, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, and this is what I was telling you before. When you're used to certain things, you know, to certain way how you make your music, and you have like I don't know, the studio with 15 synths and everything is nicely connected with patch base and to to your mixing desk. Like now, you will destroy that that you actually building for the last 10 years. You want, and it's exactly the same with me. And logic, and I was trying to do stuff with with Ableton, and for some reason, and maybe it's just me, but um, I, I I think Ableton sounds just a little bit better. I don't know why. It maybe yeah. it's the summing. Maybe there is something I don't know. It's just and there's a lot of things saying the same thing. With the users of of uh, Ableton are saying that the, the logic is better. So I think I think yeah. it's 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 they are like similar things. But I think Ableton is just a little bit more advanced because they are obviously focused on their main product and, and Logic is not the main product of, of, of Apple. Yeah. And I think that they are behind a little bit always. But sure. for me, because I am lazy, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, not lazy, sorry. Um, 
because I'm 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 used to certain thing, and when I go in the studio, I don't want to now learn um, Ableton for next like uh, a month, and I always turn yeah. on the, the logic. It's just easier for me. So this is the human nature. We are stuck to something that we are used to, that being uh, our hardware or software or the previous logic and all these things. And uh, yeah, we just we just love some things that are 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 sure for us. You know, it's like they're not they're risk free. Totally. And like switching your door is like a huge investment of time. Like especially you know someone like yourself who's you know releasing a lot of music and and producing a lot of music and stuff like that. Like it is a huge learning curve, even if you're an, like an experienced producer. It's just getting used to the new way of working um, more, more so than understanding the different things. It's just getting used to it is, is something I think a lot of people don't but, consider. But that, you know, but, but that, that laziness or that, 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 that um, um, frightness, how, how should I say it? It's holding you back, you know, because um, there's so many things that you could actually learn. And how the hell you know that logic is better than, uh, than Ableton or, or um, mm. Fruity Loops, uh, which I guess is like an amazing door. But because you, if you didn't try it, you know, it's just all these things mm. we're talking about experience because as we tried something maybe for two months, uh, like 10 years ago, things things change. And obviously um, uh, that fear, you know, of unknown is it's a big factor and obviously it's holding you back. Now, again, I know that people will say, yeah, I, but I'd rather go with something that I know is the way I like. No, man, you are, you're fucking scared of, of new things, you know, yeah. um, and your, 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 your music is not going to evolve as much as it, it, it could if you try sure. the new things. And now we yeah. can talk about, yes, but I'm satisfied with what I'm doing. And yeah, kudos. Yes, I know it's cool. You're doing super stuff, but like maybe in a year or two, you know, um, Maybe too, you're gonna be behind with your production because you just don't, uh, you're not open to new suggestions. Maybe you're mm. not open to new digital um, door or new digital way of how to make in how to make music. Yeah, um, and 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 that is holding the production back for sure. Totally, I think it's like it's like limiters or something. Like I think when all these like complicated algorithms for limiting kind of came in, and I think a lot of people were kind of against them because they could push the loudness so much. Um, and, and it's like, well, you know, like for a lot of genres and maybe not every genre, but that's kind of the sound of a lot of those genres now. It's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, a- yeah, we can, we can talk about this loudness. Obviously it's going away because all the platforms are playing it at the same volume. So obviously, oh, yeah. uh, the quality of the sound is coming, is coming, is coming back, but it's actually the, the character of something. And again, people are mostly, com- which are mostly complaining about, um, loudness are kind of um, scared of the new stuff that obviously they can't achieve that that's such a loud um, uh, loud mm. recording and now now I'll, I'll hold back a little bit you know it's not again I'm talking about the quality of the sound and then the, the loudness you know there's a lot of stuff which is super loud and, mm. and, and limit to the I don't know to the maximum and it's actually sound shit so basically I think the the the, 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 the whole thing is um, to achieve lou- big loudness and obviously still have um, um, a cool sound, yeah, um, a little bit of dynamic if possible with, totally. with such a big loudness. So it's now where's where's this where's this sweet spot? This sweet spot. I don't know. It's um, for every person. It's it's different, but um, yeah, quality sound. Um, quality of the sound is first, and then obviously how you can uh, you can push it to the loudness. 
Totally. And um, one thing we'll get into later is um, 1605. And for that, do you, with, with the tracks you release through there and obviously your own music, um, are you working with a mastering, an external mastering engineer? Uh, yes, I actually um, to to the artists on 1605. I give them contacts with with mastering uh, with mastering engineers, and they they kind of do the similar thing that I've that I've done in in the past. So basically, I've sent my master my um, pre masters to three or four different guys, oh, and wow. then I I um, I um, I kind of choose chose one. Yep. And I was working with that with that one mastering guy. But you know what happens? What I what I learned in a process in few years. When you're working with one with a one mastering guy, he's kind of um, um, he's using kind of a not not the presets, but the let's say the hardware or the plugins that he thinks are the best for my sound. Yep. And obviously, my sound changes through 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 uh, through time, and I'm not satisfied with their mastering in let's say after five or six tracks because it it becomes um, a little bit too easy to master for them i guess because they they, right. they they have a formula and that sure. formula for formula doesn't apply always to the to the, to the mastering and it's okay. exactly the same thing with the production mm-hmm. you are applying let's say the same kick and then you're using different hi hats on different baseline and using exactly the same plugins or exactly the same amount of the limiting and it's actually it doesn't work because you chose a, a different sound um, yes. the only thing that stay the same is the kick so um, it's it's what I found is that you have to change the mastering guy in every here and there. That's that's right. that's what I what I uh, that's what I found it works work best works best. But mm. I do a lot of masterings even by myself. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'm mixing by myself. But there are some occasions that uh, the tracks which I'm trying to mix are just not sounding good. Yeah. I can I can tell you the I can tell you actually the the example. Um, I did the If the Ruiter Calling Earth remix, and I actually done eight or nine versions of that, and wow. they all they all sounded shit. I played them. I mean, all sounded shit. Obviously, a lot of a lot of DJs were playing even that shitty version, which <laughs> which was not shitty, but in my opinion, it was not the best. And I realized, like after eight or nine mixes that I've done, man, something is wrong. I'm pushing something too hard. I am. I am. Um, kind of emotionally involved in the track and I'm pushing something in the mix too loud so yeah. everything else doesn't work so then I uh, I actually send my track to the um, uh, to the company uh, which actually does that and they mixed my my track awesome. so I can um, I mean people are saying yeah you should do everything yourself I, I strongly disagree you can mm. do everything yourself if you know how to yeah. um, but I would actually say, do the stuff that you feel comfortable with and that, uh, do the stuff that you mastered well. So basically, if that means that the whole production arrangement, choosing the sounds, blah, 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 it's perfect, but your mixes sound shit, then choose a mixing company and they will mix it for you. It doesn't, it doesn't, make, uh, it, it doesn't make this someone else's track. It's still your track. It's exactly the same with mastering. If you can yeah. do it by yourself, don't be afraid. We, we, we uh, cooperate with, with people. Mm. And I suppose... With mastering as well, like it's always good to know how to do like a at least a like a draft master, um, especially you know before you send it off to the final for the final master for a release or whatever, so you can at least play it in a club or or whatever. Like it can be good. I can now again. I'm gonna complain a little bit about the mastering <laughs> guys. You know, they they will hate me for that, but I think um, um, mastering engineers did the same. It's very similar job to the hardware selling guys. 
Right. They kind of uh, they have this mystique to their job, what they've done. So basically, the 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 mastering guy is more kind of a known than the, the actual producers. Mm. And on, but let me tell you this: mastering can can't do miracle miracles. The producer can producer can do the miracle. So mm. basically, the master guy really depends on his uh, um, on 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 his. Um, it's called. Um, the, the guys who are actually making music, they, 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 they can change the music and they do and they're good at their job and yeah. I use them. But basically the, uh, the percentage of, of, uh, of uh, fame they get, you know, because of the marketing, I think it's a little bit too, 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 um, too much. Um, why? Because it's like if you have a good producer and he's going to send you an amazing track, then you will master that and you're going to put your name over there. And, and most of the, the, the guys who know, don't know how the mastering works, they will think they've done the job. No, yeah. the producer has done 90 to 95% of the job. Mastering is doing, if I'm generous, 10%, but it doesn't. It maybe does between 2 to 5% of that sound, which, yeah. is an ama- it's, which is an amazing job. But like talking about mastering guys being famous these days, and and people are like, "Oh, I'm gonna send it to the to this mastering guy, and then it's gonna change everything." No, man, it won't. Your mix will change how the mastering guy will apply his 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 magic to to your track, and then obviously from that a really good sounding track, you know, he can push it loud, he can push it with the brightness and all the things, you know, he can he can correct the things that you've done wrong, um, so. Uh, basically, mastering guys, they love really good producers and they love to master their tracks because it then it seems like they've done much magic to it. Mm. And um, again, don't want to um, kind of, um, how to say this, their, their work, they do the stuff really well. I love to work with mastering engineers, but I think producers deserve um, a much, much bigger credit. Mm. And I find the mastering engineers that are more honest and open about their role are the ones that that get more business, right? I think they know that they know what they're doing, and they're not going to try and fix a million things that need to be fixed in the mix. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's the last five or two point five percent of a track, right? It's not. It's only you've only got the stereo the stereo pair. You haven't got anything else <laughs> most I mean, of the time, anyway. I mean, listen, if you've done a job well with your production then this is like a last check to your track. So basically, yeah. you've done all the job and now you just want to polish these things. If uh, if if for some reason, like you, in your like in your pre-master chain, you, you had too much uh, certain frequencies, you know, they will polish that, you know. But mm-hmm. again, if, you, if your mix is fucked up, it's like the, the ratio of kick per bass is just too crazy. Um, uh, too, too, too much of a difference, and then there are some certain as when ratio in any other machine and in, in, in any other frequencies is fucked up. Then, then obviously, uh, mastering guy can't do the miracles. He can change it for the better, but you know, every mastering guy will say, "Oh, I've done as much as I could because your mix sucks." <laughs> yeah, oh. they they wouldn't say directly, <laughs> you know, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. you know, again, I I worked with with many which are amazing, you know, and yeah. they they just send you back in the studio, and this is what I love, like uh, for, because back in the days you send a DAT, and obviously mm. uh, like they could send you maybe a fax, and they, then you could go back in the studio, but obviously your mixing decks is now completely destroyed. You made other stuff, so you, the changes were not really that the changes were not easy to make and now they just say bring up your project and just uh, i don't know put the kick down for 2 dbs 
turn the the low end um, uh, louder for 2 dBs and stuff like that, mm. and then you send it to the mastering. Okay? So the mastering guys in this case are more involved in, in into the mixing already. So their so their job is is much better. So um, so they are they are kind of um, they are they intervene with with your mixing uh, already, which I yeah. think it's really good thing. Yeah, it's like a second pair of ears makes all the difference. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. Awesome. I want to switch it up a bit. Um, okay. One thing I've noticed, um, and I'm not sure if you'd agree or not, but you seem to put out a lot of music and you have a very high output rate. Uh, do you have any, like, secrets to that or any, like, like reasons you think that is? Um, yeah, very curious. Um, actually, I just decided to not release that much anymore. I'm going right, to release... Okay. I'm going to release like four or five things in a year, which is still quite, um, I mean, a lot. But listen, we were, I'm coming from the area where I've done four five tracks a day because yeah. it was all like, um, as you say, hardware, um, um, uh, hardware uh, orientated. And um, I, 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 my arrangements were actually made live with 909 machines and everything. Um, so I could literally do like five EPs a month. You know, it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a problem. I have like 100 hours of unreleased music. Most of it is shitty because wow. I went through it, you know, yeah. but uh, like there's a lot of stuff. But lately it takes me much, much longer to make a track. So um, to, to release a track or two a month, it's not uncommon to me. It's like it's something that I do. I spend a lot of time on those tracks, obviously. Um, loads of channels, lo lo different arrangements, a lot of FXs, a lot of automation and everything. Uh, but it seems I, I, I release a, a lot. But um, the amount of music that I do, it's, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's not 10% of what I've done back in the yeah. days. But oh. the, the, it, there's the quality. There are, there are the tracks which are mixed really well. Uh, the, the, the arrangement is there and everything. And it seems I, I release a lot, you know. But... Um, I think there's there's a lot of other producers who make maybe even more music that I do at, at at this time. It's just a matter of quality if they yeah. think it's worth of releasing or not. Um, so um, as well, I am now I'm the, I had a plan in my mind five years ago. Um, always my formula with releasing a lot of stuff on the other labels for me worked fine. There yeah. are there are artists which will not agree with me, and I understand completely. And that's fine. And I was there was my plan to release on other labels, do uh, do a, a really cool releases. When you achieve this 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 results, I'm gonna go back and release on 16.05. I did, and then when I achieved certain results on 16.05, I said, okay, now only on 16.05, and I'm gonna do I'm gonna start release other um, people's record, but I'm gonna still release. Uh, every month or every month and a half an EP or a remix. So I am I am there on the market so people can can hear my music. And that was the plan. And um, like, again, at that time I said, after the certain criteria is met, I'm going to slow down the releases. And this is where I'm right now. Yeah. My last release is, I guess, already like two months old or maybe a little bit less. And then the next thing that I'm, that I'm uh, releasing is beginning of July. And then obviously it's going to take another two months or so to release uh, an next record. So I'm going to get it, give it a little bit more room to breathe. Yeah. Um, funny enough, the sales, eh, they don't reflect uh, on how much I sell. I actually, 
uh, by the the data that we were actually looking. The more I release, the the the, the more I sell. It's not wow. by it's not like the, the the whole quantity, but actually by unit. It's like they you know when you have a certain sound and people love you, they will support your music. Yes. And yeah. and 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 but I would actually yeah. So I decided to to release maybe like an EP every two three months. Something like that. This is now the place that I that I'm looking for, mm. and that gives you both the time to kind of make it as good as you possibly can in the studio, as well it as well as giving it that time to breathe um, from a promotion um, and marketing standpoint. You know what I'm thinking? Oh, the only thing is that I'm that why I've done that is reasoning. I have a little bit more time to play it around to promote it better. Mm. Maybe some other DJs will kind of love to play it a little bit longer. And mm. then obviously, you know, maybe it's gonna stay longer on the charts, and we're gonna go because of that. Maybe it's gonna have more, uh, more views uh, and plays on, let's say, YouTube on Spotify, which is super mm. important these days. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying this thing. I'm not really sure if this is the formula that is gonna be cool for me. Yeah. But um, I'm trying this approach right now. It was the plan, and yeah. and and we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Speaking of um, releases, your most recent one is the Cryptic Speech EP uh, that's out now on 1605. So is there anything you want to tell us about this release in particular, it being your most recent one? You know what? People are actually expect, expecting all these um, crazy stories and, I'm may, and I know that people love stories and Mm. And uh, I would love to have one, but I don't. <laughs> it's like um, um, I I write music. Um, I go in a studio and I make stuff. It's not yeah. I'm not dependent if I'm in, in a really bad mood and I'm really happy or something. It's um, it's going to be probably the same, not the same. Similar stuff is going to come out out of me. Yeah. Um, so I'm not affected by the by the um yeah by the things outside the most that i'm affected is by the clubs which i'm missing right now yeah um and and um i know it sounds really uninteresting saying that you know i would it would be better for this interview that i would i would make up a story and you're gonna say wow what what a cool thing and the listeners will say yeah there's a story behind it man mm. there's no story behind this track you just sit down i made this shit it sounds amazing i was always i always have in my mind how how it's gonna sound in a club? How the break will do the damage? How the drop will do the damage? Mm. Um, how 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 it's gonna sound? How powerful is gonna be on the sound system? And that's that's a thing that I am that I'm looking for with a typical Umek track. Um, mm. When uh, there is like Zeta Reticula, I mean, this is where I I kind of think about um, uh, space galaxies, problems in the world, what is going on uh, like mm. right now, and 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 I get emotional. Yeah. Because like Umek tracks are, I kind of I see them as a powerful DJ tool. It's like there's no, yeah. there's no like, uh, like big thinking, you know, behind it. It's just like I want to have affecting, punchy stuff, mm. um, um, energy. Um, it's it's how I am, like all the time, full of, I don't know, I'll maybe a little bit of nervousness inside, maybe a little sure. bit of anxiousness, you know. You can call it what it what it is. It's just like I want to listen for my speakers a, a full power. When mm. I go to Zeta Reticula, it's like I go to a little bit deeper state, um, and and I like the melodies uh, which are a little bit more darker, um, mm. uh, appealing in a completely different way than 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 my my Umek stuff. Mm. It's almost like your Umek stuff kind of more represents like 
just what you like in general and what you want to do with the music and then the um more electro stuff would be more yeah like those individual moments you're experiencing your life maybe i'm not sure if that's an accurate um, way of saying it's it. <laughs> like omic tracks are presenting certain chords which are probably similar to all through all my life and yeah. the energy that i'm expecting you know like when i when i'm playing and when i'm playing grave i don't count on on those nice, uh, uh, I don't know, fluffy emotions, you know, long right. mixes, like a nine-hour set. No, I see yeah. my my set as a sprint, like right. two okay. hours of of powerful music, at least in my opinion, and mm-hmm. the energy. I want my 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 crowd to go bananas and crazy, and that's the whole goal that I have. And it it, it didn't change from the first minute that I played. It's like cool. okay, what's when when I'm when I'm when I'm playing in a club, I have a certain mission, and that mm. is to give give a people a great time and 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 the energy. And I guess that's what I'm known from from the beginning. So that's not that's not overthinking. It's like I want to have powerful tracks. Obviously, there are emotions. People yeah. are pe- people are perceiving these melod- melodies that I'm doing emotional, different things. Some for some of them are angry for some of them are beautiful for some of them mystique for some of them spacey but for me it's the energy it's like the rhythm is gonna always like be pumping um and w- when i'm when i'm playing and i yeah. might be i might be playing tech house in that area and mm-hmm. uh, in those uh, in those times or i might be playing the techno but with zeta reticula i will i have the sets which are going to be fast and powerful electro but if you see like my my recent uh, uh, my recent streams and we will we'll go to the melodic stuff where I'm gonna where I'm gonna try evoke emotions on mm. on a different level and with our new tracks there's not many emotions to be evoked it's like it's centralized to the power now yeah. you can that that's for me but with Zeta Reticula I can do like crazy stuff like crazy different stuff I can do fast banging electro and I can do emotional tracks uh, like really melodic that wouldn't fit the club you know I can sure. I can show my, my different stuff you know so yeah. this is the difference yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I think one thing that um you know for my me personally but I think a lot of people would agree is that you know when you make music it's like you almost have to have a level of detachment from it because a listener is not going to necessarily know, especially with electronic music and dance music, is they're not going to know necessarily what the song you made is about. It's more what it means to them. It's not more how they interpret it. And I guess that's definitely true in a club setting. It's like about how the how they're dancing to it and how they're reacting to it themselves. And, and there's a whole beauty of it, you know? Yeah. This is why I don't, imp- I mean, I, I it's not like that I hate vocal music because I don't. Yeah. But the vocal music is like you can you can literally do the the most uh, happiest melody uh, you can do, and then you can write down the I don't know the the most saddest lyrics, in and and obviously maybe pl- sing it a little bit differently, and pe- people will consider that music sad. Right. While while you are making like a, I don't know, let's say a Zetaritikula track, which is like uh, has this melody inside, and everybody sees it differently. Like for example, when I do Zetaritikula stuff, for me it's beautiful, and when I do sets, it's beautiful. But for my wife, that's a horror stuff. She said, <laughs> "Oh, this is this should be in a horror movie, or this should be in a movie. It's like it's out of out of the world." And then I'm thinking, "Hmm." And then I get a comments like, "Oh my God, I'm 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 training to that music. I am." I don't know. Having yeah. sex to sex to that music, I'm I'm crying to that music, and I was like, wow. wow, 
like it's crazy of how many how many different emotions I evoke with 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 that music, and that's the beauty. It's like you can you can you can you can dream about it, music, and and you tell your own story. It, it fits your story. It's like uh, you know if there's a, like a really really good 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 track, like instrumental one. It 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 you can picture the whole movie around it, you know, and yes, that's the, yes. the and and that and that's the that's the point of, of that thing. And for example, if if you see if you listen to the folk uh, music, and then obviously everybody and there's lyrics about how the man left this girl, and obviously that's like eighty percent of the music that that is written by female artists. Everybody is picturing the same movie. By the way, mm. when you have an emotional track, everybody wrote their their, their different different um, uh, they picture different movie in their head, and that's yeah. the beauty. It's like it's like it, you bring them, you know, somewhere. You just I don't know where that is. For yeah. me, it's a certain thing. For them, it's a certain thing. Mm. And uh, I describe it a lot um, um, as the like an of. Okay, that's about the classic stuff. No, no, let, leave it be. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I definitely feel you. Um... I, I'm a drum and bass producer, so when I play like a nice, beautiful kind of liquid drum and bass track for my wife, she's very much like, oh, what is this? Whereas I'm like, oh, but it's like, <laughs> to me, it's it's more emotional, but to her, it may not very much seem like that. <laughs> yeah, because you have, like, I can tell you, there, there, are, there are probably these aggressive drums that she uh, she yeah. perceives of something of, uh, I don't know, uh, Godzilla style in movie, you know, and something, and it's... It's, it's 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 different yeah it's the textures it's the melody yeah. and and this is why i love instrumental music so much because mm. i love the music uh, like when i when i love a track i would i'm exploding out of the emotions and and i feel this certain way and i would i would love to to explain this to the whole world but i guess the majority that just doesn't seem that way you know just like hmm. <laughs> fair fair enough yeah no fair enough um so one thing you briefly mentioned earlier is that with your music sales, um, you said you didn't really have a, like, it's the reason you weren't releasing more music wasn't because of like sales or anything. Cause it's the same for you kind of, no matter when you release music and you've got that core audience. Um, now your music personally, um, seems to have, um, gotten a lot of success on Beatport, which, um, is is kind of something you know if you go onto the beatport top 100 you, your music's kind of very often in that in that chart um it's interesting to me and i'm sure to a lot of other people that that is a lucrative focus for you in i guess this age of streaming where that's kind of the focus of a lot of the industry right now is more that realm um i guess yeah is there anything you kind of want to expand on on your beatport kind of thing uh, yeah, I mean, I'm focusing on, on Bitport because I like the platform first of all, and then yeah. obviously it's the most important. It's the most important platform there is. So basically, mm. if you're successful on Bitport, um, you have a high chances to be successful um, anywhere. Um, so it's um, yeah. As I said, I I started with platform like years ago. Um, it was hard to to get on the charts, like really hard. Obviously, um, maybe the quality wasn't there. Um, yep. And obviously, it's just a certain target of DJs are playing playing the music order. So it's yeah. it's about the promotion. It's how you um, how you. I, I mean, I remember when I started sixteen oh five. You know, the the label was fresh. Um, I changed the style of the music as well. So I didn't get much of um, much of the attention of the beatport. So what we have sure. done is uh, with my management, we we spoke of how we could do that, and we did this more thing. 
we um, we uh, kind of all the traffic that we had on my web page, we run it through the beatport. So basically, uh-huh. when we did a promotion for something that we done, like uh, for example, I have a geek, I have this, we always included beatport in the background. Like we maybe played a track, my 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 track, we promoted it, and then we we uh, we sent the traffic to the beatport. And obviously, when you do that big platforms love that come on i yeah. i own a vibe i i mean i'm co-owner of vibrate and we love that somebody would mention us and obviously yeah. if somebody uh, an artist would mention us we would give him a better exposure so mm. obviously obviously like it 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 uh, kind of correlates the time that my music got better and we 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 sent all the the traffic you know through our sites to the beatport and then i slowly got to get these small banners yeah. and then the small banners brought myself up and I, I obviously sent more and more and more traffic and I got the bigger banner and the sales went up, 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 up and up. And suddenly you are there, you know, obviously your music evolves. It's, it's getting there and you're doing the proper promotion for it. And what's, what's, there's a successful success is, uh, um, on, um, it's not possible not to succeed. You know what I mean? Yeah. If totally. the good quality music is there with a the promotion, it's that, it does. And then obviously they were, they were doing a lot of, um, uh, they would, they would give me big banners and the sales went, uh, like, like crazy. And I was selling a lot, but yeah. then we changed the styles. We yeah. changed the style. I changed the style and went to a different way with the label. And we come back with the techno. I was again with the, with the, on, on the, almost on the, on the beginning. Yeah. I get these small banners. The music didn't sell. I came uh. from house uh, and, and tech house. My music was not uh, proper sounding yet, even though I thought, wow, the production is amazing, but apparently wasn't. So yeah. I was getting small banners. Again, the music um, evolved and I found the sound in, let's say, in next two years, I found a certain sound which was unique, I guess, um, um, at least to a certain point to that genre. And it was interesting. And people were believing in my sound more and more. And I got bigger banners. And here we go, the number ones and all these things. And awesome. and uh, obviously, I, I love it to being on, on top. Who doesn't, man? Yeah. I mean, people, <laughs> listen, people are saying all these things. And mostly, the most of them are those who are not on the top, you know, Mo- most of them. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. No, I mean, it's good to have your goals and to like, yeah, be honest with what, what you want to achieve. I mean, I mean, listen, okay. Now, um, now there's this, 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 this cool thing. It's like you have a peak time techno, Mm. which is the genre that I'm in and I'm successful. But if you see that the, the, most of the times the, the, the people who are more, more successful in, in the DJ world are actually coming from the raw and the faster side. So, right. but they sell, but they sell maybe thirty percent of what it sells on the peak time. So it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of a crazy thing. The sales are really good on the peak time techno. Yeah. It's more commercial. Yeah. But the the DJs who are actually more expensive are, are on on the the raw or on the faster side, which Interesting. is so yeah. it doesn't really it doesn't really mean if you're going to be successful, um, like in peak time techno, that your fees are going to be like super high. Yeah. You can be you can be an underground artist because uh, I think we are in the time where the social media is much it's much more important than the the, the music sells. Yeah. And um, yeah, now it's it's sad thing, but it is what it is. Yeah, and um, I guess that's one lesson you can take out of that is to like focus on one thing that's important. I think a lot of people and a lot of producers feel the need to fragment themselves a lot between like trying to be the biggest on Spotify and on Beatport and on this. And it, if I'm not mistaken, it seems like you've just kind of specifically invested in this one 
platform and that's kind of exploded into everything else kind of in a more natural way whereas you could no, no, have... no 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 i did i did invest uh, i did invest a lot in in facebook as you will check i have two point something million fans on a facebook okay. and and um and what we've done is like when my career was really growing up i actually invest a lot of probably between 50 to 100,000 dollars only in, into facebook so what wow. we have done um, I actually, my management company, we used to have a, a marketing company. Yeah. So we were really good of, of how to focusing the, um, where to actually get the fans. And back then we, obviously we get all the data and this is how we work till today with vibrate. We love the data yeah. and we found out that the fans are, are to, to get a proper fan in South America is, is 10% of what it costs in America. Obviously, America is saturated with 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 uh, with ads, and for yeah. your ad to be played is is ten times more expensive than than the other uh, other uh, um, in a lot of other uh, countries. So this is why we focused on on getting fans from South America, wow. uh, India, probably in, in a lot of other countries. So whenever it was really cool, uh, a cool price, you know, we actually we 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 played some ads as well in in states when there was a good time for it. You know, when yeah. there was a cheap cheap time to, to get an ad. So this is why I got a lot of fans. And I remember when we started like the first uh, live stream sessions, there was immediately in a second, I had like 15,000 people seeing my stream. And then wow. the Spotify, and not the Spotify, and then the Facebook did this thing. It actually closed the algorithm down. So they said, okay, you invested now, I don't know, $100,000 into promoting your uh, ads and everything. But now we want you to invest money. So we open our... Um, uh, um, we open our channels to 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 you can so you can advertise your music to your fans. So this wow, is where it gets right, like yeah. all fucked up. And obviously, me having all these fans and um, I'm not getting that rich, then the algorithm is closing down, down, down. So you're in infinite in, in infinity loops. So basically, what I've done is we I invested um, I invested um, a lot of money in Facebook. And we invested a lot of time and effort in, in into Bitport, and this is why mm. this is why I think at that time, and we're talking about uh, t- uh, 2010, 11, 12, something like that, I guess. Uh, and and this is where I g- g- got me a lot of success. But again, we I had an advantage because all my partners were coming from the marketing company. Company, yeah. and we we know how to do it, and. But then we learned the lesson. This is why we don't invest now in money into e- e- into Instagram and all these things because I am afraid as soon as I'm going to put my money in, you know, they will want more money to 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 play my uh, to to give me likes and and stuff. So this is now completely completely organic. I learned mm. my lesson. You know, it's not always uh, good to invest in 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 all these things. But who would knew that that they would close you? They would close. Um, access to your fans but yeah. obviously there's their business model you know yeah it was a very interesting time um i think you know when they stopped yeah allowing people to get all get all the reach of their facebook likes and all that kind of thing it's a big uprising <laughs> back in the I day mean, mo- i mean most of the artists are actually complaining that they don't they, the, the reach is shit and it is if you're not if you're not superstar in this moment, the reach is gonna be like super shitty. And even mm. even if you see like superstars with the reach they have, it's still the numbers are not are not the same as they were because obviously yeah. they want to get money from them. And yeah, yeah, it's just the way it is. Mm. So it seems like um, you've obviously invested a lot into the the marketing and advertising side and promotion. I want to talk about Vibrate for a bit because this is a project that um, you've kind of 
co-founded with a few other people um, the last few years. Uh, for those of you who have no idea what Vibrate is, uh, it's essentially, um, well, actually, you know what? I'll just let, I'll let um, you explain it since you're the, <laughs> you're the uh, expert on it here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are actually a data company and um, we kind of provide uh, data for musicians, um, uh, DJs, artists, uh, for clubs, promoters, booking agents. So basically, mm. um, I'll... I'll explain it how I see it. Maybe my partners see it a different way. Um, <laughs> I will explain how I use it, actually. Um, it's um, it's a place where it's just one place and you can check, like, complete statistics for a, for a certain artist. Um, now you don't need to go to, I don't know, Facebook. You don't need to go to Instagram, um, uh, to Deezer, to Spotify to see how it goes. Go to our page and mm-hmm. there's all these all these um, uh, uh, places where you can check what you want to see. You can go to socials and you see how this artist is performing on social media. Mm. Uh, You can go to Spotify and see how he's performing on Spotify. You can go to Beatport and you see how it performs on Beatport. And right now we actually just added, I think, 25 radio stations around the world. So you can finally see where our tracks are played. Um, Mm. And this is all on one place. And I kind of... How I use it is like... um, I love a certain artist. Let's say he's a newcomer mm. and I want to see what how he's doing. So first of all, again, still the most important thing for me, it's music, even yep. though maybe I'm a bit romantic and maybe the social media, social media is more important. But if I like the music, then I will check um, I will check all the uh, I will check all the, uh, the, the the social media how he's doing. I'm gonna obviously check how his board bitport is doing. Um, I can cl- clearly see if something is wrong with an artist if he's upcoming. You know, I can see actually where where he's popular. Imagine for the booking agent to see where where the most plays are coming from. You know, uh, for certain artists of Spotify or, or the sales. And I when I check all these t- details, I am. Then I, I will sign a, a artist to to sixteen oh five, right? Um, and and it's it's so cool because I can, for example, I'm I specialize more on the on the beatport side because uh, I check all this stuff there completely. I see how fast the tracks is coming to the chart, how long mm. he's staying over there. I can see how much releases he has, how many labels, who is he working with, uh, all these cool data that that, that I I would uh, otherwise like really is gonna hard to find, you know. Yeah. Um, I can see the hype that that meaning like if the track is is going to top uh, top 100 in the first day or it's just like a peak where he stays like really high in for two days three days and then he falls down then I can obviously that there were auto buys and all this stuff you know yeah. and 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 it's oh. it's 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 amazing to see that and um is that, and a, fre- like, is that a frequent thing that happens with the auto buys that you see Oh, uh, you know, I said to my uh, to my partners that we're not going to go in that area. I would love to go, but I I I, I just see it for yourself. It's like it's really easy to spot. Check it out. It's like um, it's really easy to spot all these things. It's really easy to spot to spot these things with with yeah. with with, uh, with social media. Um, just one thing: don't don't confuse auto buys or don't don't um, don't confuse like auto buys on on Instagram and stuff with that with. Uh, descending popularity of the artists because this is happening but there are clear signs that you can check and it's actually really uh, really interesting how how uh, how these things how the things works and um i love that and we started a company because um uh, our actually ceo was always saying music is all about just this feeling and everybody's deciding on on on, on what he feels mm-hmm. and 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 it shouldn't be that way because there's a certain data 
I'm again, I, I first of all, it's my taste that it takes me to the certain artist. I don't want to be associated uh, with with an artist that has a super nice statistic on the vibrate, but it doesn't resonate with yeah. with my taste. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's like, okay, I love the music. I want to see if there's a future of this guy. I, I want to see if he's engaged, uh, how many, uh, where he's popular, where he's not, and all these things. And uh, you can now compare artists. You know, it's super cool. You can compare my success, success to other guys. I can I can compare my success mm. to other guys and I can see, oh, fuck it, you know. There are these guys who are really successful on Instagram. They're doing an amazing job on, I don't know, Deezer. I want, I want, I want to be uh, more focused on spotify you know you can immediately immediately see why an artist is a popular um, mm. and then you can say okay i guess it's not enough to be popular only on facebook or only on soundcloud i need to build these channels and it's, and it's an amazing tool for 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 artists wow. <coughs> or the promoters or the or the labels you know do you see um, out of curiosity when you're say researching an artist that you might sign uh, you know, for 1605 or whatnot, do you see um, the artists that do look promising, obviously assuming their music's already good and, and aligns with the label's kind of sound, do you normally see their success kind of happen on like multiple platforms at once? Or do you often see they kind of have like a focus on one platform and they quite haven't tapped the other ones yet, if that makes sense? Or is it yeah, yeah. yeah uh, uh, there's a lot of times it's it's focused on one on one channel. Okay. Um, but I I guess they even by themselves they don't know uh, what they should do. That they should be mm. uh, everywhere. And there's like the thing like how you're gonna promote yourself on Spotify, which is in most of the cases it's a data company as well. So it's like it's like there's there's nothing. I mean, there's not much you can do. Obviously, you can you can join paid playlists right now. You can pay the money and everything. Everything, but it's still the data decides if people love if love if they love your tunes or not. And and again, we're coming back then to you need to have good tracks, you know, to be recognizable on Spotify and everything else. But it's kind of hard to fake the numbers and hard to fake the success over there. You know, it's just because people mm. will eliminate you. If they don't like your music, they're just not going to come back and play it. And and mm. um, and the, like, for example, I immediately like when 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 I started to work with Mari, uh, promising um, uh, talent from from uh, Australia, I, you know, I loved her music, but then I went through mm. the through the through Vibrate to see, and I saw okay, she has quite a lot of fans on on Instagram, you know, of, of, of compared to how big her name is. And I went to check, and I see she's like replying to to to, to, to all the fans, and and she's promoting the stuff, the the hell out of you know of yeah. her, and, and and it was amazing to see that she's doing this job, and I said okay, this is the right person. But first of all, sure. I loved. I love her music, and then I checked everything, you know, success, and it was the same thing that I've done with uh, Sam Wolfie, you know, uh, mm. he's, he's from Atlanta, and uh, I loved his music before, and I checked the socials, he's trying, he's like cooperating with people, pushing the stuff anywhere, everywhere possible, and I see, okay, these are the guys who are actually trying to succeed, not just sitting back at home and okay if success comes uh, okay if not then not you know it's like it's so hard to to promote the artists and to sell their music is like if if they if they're not cap capable to do their job their part of the job then i'm not able to do that sure. and this is where vibrate comes super 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 handy. Mm, yeah because i guess those you know actions you make i mean these are all as you mentioned like data-driven companies like everything everything is i guess boiled down to that because it's just the sheer volume of things happening on each well, of these data. platforms yeah yeah i mean it's I just mean, data man 
I mean, you, 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 like people are saying, yeah, you can fake data. Yes, you can to a certain degree, but imagine, imagine first of all, faking vibrate, which we are, we are a data company. That's it. Like, mm. we don't care. We don't care about it. Like Spotify, it's a data company. They don't care. And there's like, there's going to be more and more co companies like that. You know, you won't be able to fake it. You can, you can boost in a certain way, obviously, but like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know how to how to fake those how to fake those channels. Like I I can't in in Instagram. Okay, you can buy you can you can buy fans obviously, but then the the um, the um, how to say the uh, uh, talking between the artists and the fans uh, engagement is going to be shitty. All these things, and we can see this like immediately. You can you can you can fake it to a certain degree, but. I, you yeah. must be uh, you. You must be a fucking millionaire, you know, to fake it in all these channels and to to buy your fans on all all all, all stuff. And basically, mm -hmm. um, if you can see the artist that it's that it's actually strong on all platforms, then I guess he's doing something right. You know, mm, yeah. That, that if you see that there's an artist which is focusing on something else, then I guess there's maybe one channel he has that much time and 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 will just to focus on one thing because it's hard today to be um, on 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 all channels. I like, for yeah, example, I, I I hate Twitter. I just do it. You know, oh, it's like same. <laughs> you see, and and it's like it's it's almost impossible to be to have a presence on Twitter, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on Facebook, on Beatport, on Deezer, on everything else. So basically, if you want to be successful, the organic growth needs to be there. It just it needs to be there. Yeah, totally. Um. We'll start to wrap things up now, but if someone does want to go check out and see what Vibrate's all about, where can they go? They go to our the, the Vibrate page and they can check. It's really easy. They can sign in for a trial, uh, and then if they like um, if they like our page, they can obviously uh, pay a, a subscription um, to get like really detailed um, uh, data, detailed <laughs> to get a proper data, and and I'm I'm sure it's gonna come handy to 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 most of the artists. And awesome. it's like uh, we were kind of we were kind of thinking like I don't know five years, seven, eight, eight years ago, like it's gonna be a data something that is gonna be uh, really common in the music business in 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 future years. And we said yes, and this is this is why I guess we're on the right path, you know, with with a product. You know, it's gonna be something that you will just have to have. It's gonna be yeah. um <clears throat> there's one thing, you know. <clears throat> I get some I get my teacher friends which they send me email, yeah, but it's like it's um uh, you are ruining my reputation with vibrate because I'm not high on the charts and you there are some artists which are not as popular as I am on the chart. And I said, Listen, guys, uh it's your fault it's not mine you know it's like your social media is showing this thing is like nothing i can do like look yeah. at look at from the other way um it's, it's something is going wrong in bad career there's a way you can you can repair it there's there's a thing you have a data and we can clearly show you what is wrong with your with your social media or the channels and and, and focus on there it's like is it's like if we delete your let's say if we would delete your um, um, uh, delete your file or a profile on the vibrate is not going to help you, your career. People will mm. still see. You're just going to fall down, 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 down. And mm. there are people who just people who are like they are closing their eyes because their data is not good. And yeah. there's it, there was time that my data was not good as well. And there's still some parameters in my in my data which is which is shitty. But yeah. I am I'm a different one. I'm a, I'm an optimist. It's like okay, I have to work on this. I'm obviously not doing job well here. 
and and you know so i guess i hope i hope artists will kind of think i can i can repair the damage that it's done next thing i was going to ask you was uh yeah what do you have planned for the next zero to 12 months um i hope we're going to get back to uh, playing gigs normally um then i um i just uh, released um a remix of um thrill seekers Synthetasia, 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 something like that. Awesome. Um, it's like um, a big trance record. Um, awesome. And um, I did a nice techno version of it. Um, it's already been supported by a lot of DJs. Um, so I'm really happy with it. And then what else is there is I actually did um, a collaboration with Mari. She's, she did the vocals on, on my actually next track. Awesome. Uh, which will be out probably beginning of uh, September. Um, then um, releasing the next three EPs with Zeta Reticula. Then what else is there? Yeah, 1605, another EP from Mari. Um, another one or two EP from Sam Wolfie. Um, then another another EP, or actually the first EP, uh, from a talented guy, uh, Mason, uh, from Australia. Uh, ah, he has a special represent. project. Yeah. yeah, so like yeah, <laughs> Mari is Australian too. It's crazy how many talents uh, are coming from from Australia these days, you know. And, um, what can I say? <laughs> yeah, something something is cooking over there. Might be the Corona. Corona did a good thing for for producers. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. I don't know. A bit sarcastic, but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so and uh, obviously my new sample pack will be out on Loopmasters if it's not out already. Um, right. And there's always something. There's always something cooking where I'm coming from. Amazing. Well, I'll finish off with one last question. Uh, this is something that I'm going to ask every producer we have on. But uh, if you had a time machine, what is the one thing that you've learned from that you would go and share with new producers to avoid? Oh, in my case, I would go to 2012, 2010, when my when my um, um, tractor folder started to become with um, with a lot of tech house stuff and i would say man this is going to affect your career on the ways you you can't imagine so don't do that <laughs> <laughs> this would be something yeah i, I that's i mean that's a, that's a thing i can uh, i can learn from my mistakes uh, so i suggest guys when you when you have a success in a certain genre don't uh, don't don't go to to other genres cuz it's uh, you're going to lose your friends, especially if you're in techno. Maybe it's going to be better for you, you know. Um, it's going to be better if you would be in other genre than techno, but techno crowd doesn't forgive you. Yeah. <laughs> anytime anytime soon, if ever. So, like, once you're stuck to the dark side of the techno, you're there for the life. And I made that and I made that mistake. And, uh, yeah, I, w- I would travel there and I would uh, say to myself, watch out with what you're doing. Uh, awesome. But um, knowing myself, I would say, yeah, this is just uh, a mirage. Uh, forget it. Do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> this fair is enough. The way how, I, this is the way how I am. Got to learn some way, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Finally, where can people uh, find you online? I, yeah, on my Facebook, I'm doing like um, um, I'm doing uh, streams every every week, uh, vinyl streams. Which is pretty rare because when once we we go back to playing, I'm not gonna play with vinyls. But this is something that I that I that I've done during the Corona. I bought a lot of uh, a lot of uh, techno and electro vinyls, and I'm doing these streams, which are, in my awesome. opinion, really uh, really interesting. So check it out. Uh, 
doing my uh, my old school art with 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 vinyls. Awesome. Well, Urosh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Same Thank you so much Thank you. for your Thank time. You for uh, oh, my pleasure. Have a great week, man. You too. And speak soon. <laughs>